Welcome to Word of Life Family Church, where we are always striving to grow in our relationship with God, our family, and our community. Today is the day that the Lord has made, and we will rejoice. And we are rejoicing that you have come across this message. We believe that it's no accident that you're listening today, but rather a divine appointment. We hope and desire that God will speak to you through this message and that it will help you to fulfill your God-given destiny. Now let's get to the message which is already in session. In this, in this next part, early, from the earliest parts of our life, it seems that we have these labels that come out, these, these defining names or tags that we either put on people or get put on us. I was just kind of going through my early, early years, and I remember thinking stuff like dumb-dumb and stupid, uh, these labels that, that come up, dumb-dumb and stupid and ugly and, oh, don't be a sissy, oh, what a crybaby. Anyone remember these kinds of words and, and labels that might have been shared to you or you might have shared to others? We grow up and we get into elementary school and we start changing our words a little bit. You're a dork, you're a geek, you're kind of freaky, loser, you know, all those kind of things. And then we also, then when we get into high school, it kind of seems like we go into these like social labels. We get these social labels kind of like, you know, the preppies. Okay, maybe I'm aging myself. The jocks, the preppies, right? The nerds, skater dudes. All right, how about the stoners, man? We have some of these labels that we get when we're in high school and all this. And then, hey, how about politics? Let's talk about politics for a minute. How many labels do we have for politics? We got, we got Democrat, we got Republican, we got left or right and wing and crazies and all those kinds of things. We have all kinds of crazy labels. We even have labels for race. I'm not going to go there. But we have, even have names for, for that kind of thing. There's some other things that we say, some, some of the things we might call people or get called like, I don't know, like kissing up or brown nose or cheater or hey, that's a know-it-all or a workaholic or a procrastinator. I believe that none of you are receiving these things, by the way. You're still codependent. You're, you're how about this one? This is a really harsh one. You hypocrite. Man, words are really rough. Labels can be rough. Sometimes they're cast on us and sometimes we put them up. How about, uh, you know, if, if you're a mom or your dad or you get angry. May I heard, I've heard this before. You're, you, you're going you're gonna to grow up and just be just like your father. You're going to be just like your mother. You, 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 I wouldn't surprise if you totally fail. Can you believe these are some of the labels, some of the things that are spoken, you'll never amount to anything. These words cut to the chase, cut to the heart. They're, they're damaging. We know the saying, sticks and stones may hurt my bones, but names will never hurt us. We know that in truth, that is a complete lie. Sticks and stones will hurt, but names emotionally affect our lives. They'll change the trajectory of our lives just by the words that are spoken about us or the words we might speak to others. We have to be careful. We have to realize that our words are important. 
we receive labels from our words. I'm just going to be an English teacher. It's kind of a funny thing to say that because the English language and me, and, and me see, I don't get along. But often, often we use the label to describe who we are. And I want to remind you that we, the adjective that goes before the noun, to be careful what adjective we identify with. That whatever that adjective is that goes before the noun, that decides what our noun is going to be in our life, we need to be careful of those very things. We know that adjective describes a noun. Let it be, let it be, may it be what God says about us and not what the world says. Amen? Our words are important. And I'm going to go right to the thing. If you're following along your hands out, the handout, I want you to, to, to look at this first point here as we look at this. Words have a piercing impact on our lives. Now, I know for some of you are like, oh man, here he goes with this word thing again. He always, he's like every few months he's talking about words. He's talking about how we speak. Yes, I am because I believe what the word of God says that because we are anointed and pointed, because we are child, children of the Most High, that God has given authority and power to all those that have called on His name. And when we speak, we speak life or death. There is power in our tongue. Proverbs chapter 18, verse 21 says that the tongue has the power of life and death, and those who love it will eat its fruit. In other words, if we'll get a full understanding of that truth and not dismiss it as, well, that's, you know, that's just like uh, you're, you're just trying to be positive thinking, name it, claim it. No, let's look at the scripture. It says Proverbs in chapter 12, verse 18, reckless words pierce like sword, but the tongue of the wise brings healing. Amen? Proverbs chapter 15, verse 14, the tongue that brings healing is a tree of life. But a deceitful tongue crushes the spirit. The truth is our words are important. And it's more than just positive speaking and, and all of the things that the world would try to get our eyes off of and mind. The word of God is truth. And when the believer begins to speak God's word, when it comes together, it becomes a dynamic force that moves mountains and heals bodies and sees the, the dead raised, the blind eyes open, the ears hearing. Can I get an Amen. Because I'm getting excited for the promise and the, and the authority that God's given us. Now, before you're saying, oh, it's all about me. It is not all about me. But God does bless his kids. But we are blessed so we can be a blessing. So don't, we're not, it's all about me. But we got to get us to get going and get in the right direction so we can bring along people with us to the right direction. Amen? And so we can see that words are piercing and they're perfect. James chapter 3 verse 9 and 10 says, With the tongue we praise the Lord our Father, and with it we curse human beings who have been made in God's likeness. Out of the same mouth comes praise and cursing. My brothers and sisters, this should not be. We're believers in Christ. We should be speaking life like Christ spoke. 
Amen? Because we understand the Scripture and the promise that words are piercing. They are moving. And they are doing. In fact, God in His words created the heaven and the earth. Now I know some of you are saying, yeah, but that was God. Jesus says and tells us in Matthew chapter 11, he says this, he says, you could speak to that mountain, talking to you, and not talking about God, but talking about us. The answer was, you can speak to that mountain and see it be removed. There's power in our words. And as we look at this and dissect this label thing, Sometimes we come in agreement with the lie, the wrong label, the warning label that others try to put on us. And instead instead of identifying with the true label that God says, I am a new believer, I am a new creation in Christ. The old is gone, the new has come. That's what we should be identifying with. Why? Because God's word is truth, it's right, and it will always be right. What the, word say, what the world says, what the enemy says, what, what our enemies might say, even those that are angry with us might say, that's not truth. We've got to be careful. We've been given this awesome gift, this amazing gift, this sword of sorts that we can speak and we can, and we can begin to do, but it takes, it, it's with great responsibility and true belief in Him. Amen? I love talking about our words because they're so important. I love reminding myself to watch my mouth. I'm not talking about saying curse words. I'm talking about speaking life over my family, over my body, over my city, over my job over my loved ones. Amen? Because this is what I know, point number two. Point number two says what we hear formulates our beliefs. What we put our ear to will formulate our belief. When you begin to speak, remember that you are anointed and appointed. And two, one of two things, are, are coming in agreement. Either if you're speaking lives of death, there will always be the enemy to come in agreement with that, or we speak life. God, which is more powerful and more mighty, obviously, comes in agreement. But we begin to form beliefs by what we hear. Our beliefs then ignite corresponding actions. Did you hear that? So we begin to hear some things and we hear, begin to believe, begin to believe. And it's in that belief system that we begin to walk. So if you're constantly hearing, you're no good, you came from the wrong side of the tracks, you're not the right status, you're not the right race, you're not the right political affiliate, you're not the right thing, and we begin to believe that thing, then we begin to walk and, and say, you know what? Well, if I'm not good at this, I'm not good at this, I might as well not even try and I might as well just blah, blah, blah. And I've seen it time and time again. I know we've all seen it time and time again. People constantly living under what God has called them because someone 
someone spoke an ill word, a mislabel in their life. It makes me angry. But then I have to remind myself that I may too have participated in that and I need to repent and ask God to forgive me. And thank you, Jesus, that His mercies are new every morning. And there's a grace, His grace abounds every day. That we can simply say, God, forgive me, and He does. And that means that we will, when we say, forgive me, we're saying, God, I don't want to do that anymore. I recognize it's wrong. wrong. I'm moving away. I'm not doing it again. And then we work at not doing it again. Amen? What we hear formulates our belief. When you hear something over, over, and over, and over, and over again, you begin to believe it. I'm going to tell you a story about my sister and I, my sister Stacy. I have actually, there's six siblings in all. I have one of those com- com- combination families where I have uh, steps and halves and, and fulls and all of that kind of stuff, like a lot of us do. And uh, but I have a sister named Stacy. She is the one I lived with most of her life with my mom and my dad. And, and anyway, when we were younger, I thought it was really fun as a brother to antagonize my little sister. Has anyone ever done that kind of a thing? All right. I'm in good company. And so I decided for whatever reason, I don't remember why, I don't know what was going on or what happened, but I decided that I was going to tell my sister that crickets were not just crickets, but they were people eating insects. And you're thinking, I'm telling you, if you say it enough times, I am a witness that they'll believe what you say. First of all, of course, my little sister, and for whatever reason, she seemed to really admire, and anything I said, she believed that is deadly when you're a big brother. But I told her time and time again, every time we saw a cricket, oh, watch out, watch out, and she's, uh, uh, you know. And then one day, we're out in the garage, we're actually having a good time. Now, there's eight years difference between the two of us, but it's okay because you know how uh, boys' maturity is way lower? So we were almost the same maturity, even though we were... (laughs) And we're hanging out, we're playing, we're having a good time, and all of a sudden, we walk into the garage, and we're getting something in the garage, and all of a sudden, I hear crunch. I look out, and my sister has just stepped on a cricket. And then I heard the most blood-curdling scream you have ever heard in your life. The shriek of all shrieks. And she's like, And of course my mom comes running like someone is totally ready to die. Something was really horrible was happened. And she was, what's going on? What's going on? And I'm like this. I'm walking in the room. And I go to my room. And I hear in the background, I said, Dr. Cricket, it's going to eat me. La, 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 la. And then I heard, Jason Matthew Bridge. 
and I proceeded to get disciplined in a very wise way. She believed it. She wasn't acting. She wasn't. She completely, 100% believed that this cricket was going to eat her alive because of what she heard. Sometimes we allow what we hear to formulate our actions, to formulate what we believe. Now you're saying this is a silly story, but this is true time and time and time again. But the cool thing about this is it also works for our good. Because when we begin to confess, though what we don't see, we confess what should be, we begin to hear it, we begin to believe it, and we might even start to walk in it. A remind of the story of Abraham, but I'll go back to when he was Abram. And Abram was older in age and was promised that he would be a father of many nations, and yet he was an old man. God promised him that he would have children, and then he would go on. You fast forward a few more years. God says, hey, Abram, you remember what I said? Hey, I'm going to change your name to Abraham, the father of many. And yet he still had no kids. But he began to believe God. He began to believe in A year later, lo and behold, at the ripe old age of 100 years old, he was able to cut the mustard. And God miraculously gave him and Sarah, right, Sarah, a baby. Now they could have, and I will say, I think they did. Question for a moment. The Bible says that when Sarah heard it, he laughed. But thankfully, God is consistent and constant. And thankfully, you begin to believe and you begin to hear and you begin to study. If you begin to continue to keep your eyes in and on God's word as you begin to hear it, put your place, yourself in a place where you hear the word, you know the word, you can read it, you can see it, you can hear it, you begin to live it out then. You begin to hear it enough, you begin to say, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to just walk in this thing. And, and, the God, and God is so cool that he lets us walk in this nice little pace. He doesn't expect you, you better, I'm going to tell you this, you better get it. He walks with us. He gives us Holy Spirit to be our counselor, our comforter, help and walk us through this thing as we begin to dare to believe what God has said about us. But he says it once, twice, a hundred million times. His word is infinite. It's never, never ending. It's always new. It's always active. It's always, always, say always, It's always true, his word. So we need to continue to allow ourselves to hear it because it formulates what we believe. 2 Corinthians chapter 4 verse 13 said, It is written, I believe, therefore I have spoken. Since we have that same spirit of faith, we also believe, therefore speak. You hear what Paul says there? He says, what he's saying is, listen, I believe it's been spoken. I believe God's word because this is what happens. I believe God can do it. 
I believe it can happen for the pastor. I can believe it can happen for that person that I look at and I see, well, they're really holy. I believe it can happen. But how about that? Paul says that same spirit that's in all of those that we might look at and think, that same spirit resides in you. And so, therefore, we can also speak and believe. Praise God for that. That's all inclusive. Romans chapter 4, verse 17, the God who gives life to the dead and calls things that are not as though they were. Close your eyes. Let's pray. Father, in the name that's above every name, Father, I speak to the things that are not as though they were. Though if there's, there's not health in the body, there is health in Jesus' name because by His stripes we were healed. If a relationship is broken, in Jesus' name, I declare that it is healed, it is whole, it is reunited and restored in Jesus' name. Because I call those things that are not currently as though they are going to be because of God's promises in Jesus' name. Amen. Number three. Number three, let's get personal. Let's get here. Let's go back to us. Number three, we need to live up to our God-given destiny. We need to live up to that. We need to, how do we do that? Well, we hear it, we start to believe it, and now we start to move in the action. If we are still walking and acting as if we are an old creation, then we will be, we will be uh, uh, walk, going down to our past, and that will never get us to where we want to be or where God's intended for us to be. So we need to live up to our God-given destiny, not down to our past. We have a responsibility. You say, I don't know. I don't know if I can. You can do all things through Christ. Stay close to Him. Hold on to Him. Don't let the enemy lie. Don't let the people lie. Don't let your label lie. Begin to walk up. Begin to pull up and say it. I will be honest with you. The first time that someone used the word pastor to me, I'm like, I don't know. I'm just, I'm just a normal individual like the same. We're all human. We're all, with, with the title, you begin to think. Now, I was talking to uh, my cousin. I, I think I told you a few months ago. I have a cousin. He's a uh, heart, sur- uh, heart surgeon, special a special surgeon, just one little area. He's like one of the most renowned in the country. And I was like, whoa, you know, what's that like? What's it like? He's like, I go to work every day thinking, I don't know if I can do it. I don't feel like a world-renowned surgeon. I don't think we're ever going to feel, and we shouldn't walk by feelings. We should walk by faith, Amen. See, we're not always going to feel. I know that when I became a father, I did not feel equipped or ready to be a father. I mean, I was 10 when I had my first. No, I'm just, I was not 10. Just kidding. I was 13. No, I'm just kidding. No, I wasn't. I was young, though. But it didn't matter because when I had the next one and I was a little older and you thought, okay, I'm a little older now. You know, I've got, I got one under my belt. Now I was still lost. I didn't feel equipped. And then we had our third, and I was like, you would think, all right, number three, that's the child. I was like, three times I'm out, man. I don't know what's going on anymore. Kind of feeling. But praise God, I believe my kids turned out pretty good. 
Tanner says amen. He's my youngest. And it wasn't because, it was because I didn't go by my feelings. I did what I heard. I needed to live up. I needed to become the man of God, the father that God had called me to be, even though I didn't feel like it. I still do that today. I'm like, I don't have enough. He said, no, you got to live up to it. Don't live out. The alternative is living in the past, and then my kids don't have direction and have an idea and a good example. And so I need to rise up. We need to be doing that in our world in our city in our community in our works and our jobs we need to rise up and be who we claim to be amen i know we're not always feeling like we're righteous and great before him i know we don't always feel that but i'm so thankful we don't have to go by what we feel but we can always go by what god says i am a new believer i am a new i am a new creation i am a child of the most high Amen. Hallelujah. Number four, if we're looking at your, I'll settle down here. Number four point, there must be repetition before there's a reputation. We got to remind ourselves that our daily walk is what identifies us as a believer. Now, let me say this. When you receive Christ into your life, you are a believer. You are a child of God. You are adopted in lock, stock, and barrel. But the Bible says that we need to be a light to this world. We're the salt of this earth. That God has called us and equipped us. And so that means that we must live that thing day by day so that we can develop our reputation as, yes, that's someone that knows God and I need to talk to them because I want to know God too. That's why I'm talking about labels. It's not because of us. It's not just all about me. There's a deeper, deeper Deeper reasoning. God's taking care of you. And he will always take care of you. But he's entrusted us and equipped us. And asks us to be the hands and feet of him on this world. To be a witness. The Bible says it says to go and to make disciples. We can't be a disciple if I don't live Christ-like. The very word disciple is a follower of Christ. And so I need to walk in that if that repetition and that repetition and that repetition. I'm going to do it. I'm going to walk. I don't feel like it. I'm going to do it. I'm going to keep going. I'm going to keep. You know, you're, 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 you're not a very good communicator. I'm going to keep doing and preaching. You're not this and you're not that. You know, you've, you've heard it. You've heard all the lies that come in here. You can't do this. You can't do that. And you can't. You have just, you keep saying, by faith I can and by faith I can. In Jesus' name I can do it. And before long someone's going to say, hey, I really have a struggle. I know that there's something different in you. Can we talk? Because now your reputation is you have answers or at least you have connection to the one that does. Amen? And that's when you say, yes, I do. I don't know it, but he does. Let's go together before him and see what he says. 
Amen? The reputation we have, I'm, gonna, I'm just going to scare, the reputation we have right now is due to something that we've done over and over again. What reputation do you have in a community, in your home? What's your reputation? If you don't like your reputation, start building a new reputation. One step at a time, one great decision after another, one action, one get up, rise up and walk and be holy as God has called you holy. Rise up. As God says, I want to change all that. And he also says he's a redeemer of time. You said, it's been too long, too, I've gone too far. No, 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 no. <laughs> it's not true. It's not true. You say, yeah, but, no, throw that butt behind you. It's not true. God says, I'll leave the 99 for the one. I'm never giving up. I'll never leave you. I'll never forsake you. Amen? So we walk in the reputation. We do consistently what God has asked us to do. He doesn't say, this is so cool. He doesn't ask you, hey, you better do it just perfectly. No, he says, just do it. And I'll walk with you. I remember when I first began to listen and hear it and start to hear and understand the voice of God, understand that God actually does speak today and He speaks personally and He wants to speak to it. And I remember hearing and saying, and I remember hearing Him specifically on different ideas and I didn't obey. And I was like, oh man, why didn't I obey? And this is how God responded. Hey, did you hear me? I said, yeah. He's like, yes. Instead of pointing fingers at all the times I didn't do what he asked me, he simply met me where I was and said, you heard me. We got progress. You heard me. Step one. And he's patting you on the back and he's celebrating with you to remind you. I'll remind you that when your babies, when they first start to walk... You don't get all off after them because they're not walking perfect. And in fact, when they're like walking like that, you're like, yeah, yeah, they're walking, yeah. And they're really not walking. They're stumbling. I feel like that's what God does for us. In fact, I know he does. He's done it for me several times. It's good. Get it. You rose up. Keep doing that. Keep rising up and doing that. I don't. I know you fell. Yeah, you skinned your knee. I love you. I'm with you. It's okay. Come on, let's get up. Let's go. Do it again. And we can walk and we can walk with him and do with him. But we need repetition. We don't ask our children, hey, you try walking one time. If it doesn't work, forget it. No, we keep encouraging them. I want to keep encouraging you. Keep getting up. Keep walking with God. Keep walking in the Spirit of God. Keep listening. Keep listening out being ready. Rise up. Don't keep pushing you down. Rip that label of lies off of you. Don't receive it. It's not truth. Live up to what God has called you. You are, and number five, your true identity is what our Creator says about you. Your true identity is what our creator of heaven and earth 
The creator that created this beautiful sun, this beautiful weather, this grass and these flowers and all of those things that we're looking at like, wow, like Pastor Cher said this morning, wow, we're all, guess what? There's someone ahead of that that created all of that. And then he not only created all that, he says, hey, you know what? Let's create, let's create man in my image. Let's create man like me. No, I'm not getting humanistic. I'm, getting, I'm receiving the promises and the truth of what God says about us. Our true identity is what Christ says. Whatever God says about you always supersedes anything anyone will ever say about you. Ever. Ever, ever, ever. God is on the throne. God is mighty, sovereign. Amen? Let's choose to believe. This has been a message from Word of Life Family Church. Thank you for listening. If you are ever in the Phillips, Wisconsin area, please come join us for one of our services. We're located at 104 Fairway Drive, Phillips, Wisconsin, 54555. Our Sunday service is at 10 a.m., and Bible study on Wednesday is at 6.30 p.m. each week. For more information on our church or pastors, visit us on the World Wide Web at www.wordoflifefamilychurch.org or call us at 715-339-2207. Again, we want to thank you for being with us today. May God bless you and keep you in Jesus' mighty name.